Well, hey y'all, it's your girl, Coats McGoats. And it's your boy, New Prime. And today we are bringing you the first episode of our Idealistic Podcast. Insert cheers here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so today we have with us two workers, two student workers from our office. Um, they can introduce themselves, what they do. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Demo. I am the Gender and Sexuality Inclusion Intern at Ideal. Hi everyone, my name is Deja Scott. I am the Safe Zone Intern at Ideal. Yes, and so today we are going to be talking about authenticity, how we define it, how we embody it, and so much more. So before we jump in, we just want to give the disclaimer that the views and opinions given on this podcast are reflective of individual identities for each person present. And we are all speaking from our own experiences and look to represent ourselves in the most authentic way possible. So if anybody has any questions or concerns about that, feel free to hit us up. <laughs> Essentially, all of these views are our own views. Yeah, these do not reflect the views of Temple university <laughs> to say the very least um so rodney <laughs> yeah you are well do you want to introduce what you do yeah absolutely i can uh what's up again y'all so it's new prad or better known as new rodney prad and i actually work as the director of student engagement for our institutional diversity office mm -hmm. uh and a lot of my work is surrounding levels of advocacy but also providing awareness to identity development for sure, for sure. And in the work that you do, um, you also Wait, you work... you told me to introduce myself. You want to introduce yourself? Yes, I was about to. Yes, I was just about <laughs> okay, to. Okay. I was just going to say, in the work that you do, you work closely alongside our marketing department, which is where I work. I am the graduate marketing extern at the Institutional Diversity Office, and so all of our programming and events that New Rodney helps to plan um, comes through our office so that we can help him market them. So... In doing our marketing, we worked closely together on a campaign called Hashtag I Am Authentic. Do you want to speak more to that a little bit? Absolutely. And then I, I always start off with historical premises, too. Um, th this podcast was something in the making for the past year and a half. And I think when we went on our global experiential trip, uh, we had great and in-depth conversations on how can we expand this notion of diversity and inclusion. And boom, I mean, this was born. Uh, in some type of a ways. Uh, over the summer, we talked about this notion of being authentic. So uh, we came up with this this thought process of creating something called hashtag I am authentic because apparently, you know, hashtags are very clingy and cliche nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, so we wanted something to encourage people to be their real and true authentic selves. Uh, and in our office, uh, we do something called creating a brave uh, and courageous environment. And through that, we ask people to be very authentic, their genuine self, their own experiences to express their values. Uh, because we often believe that uh, unless people are able to be their authentic self and tell the truth of who they are, we're not going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't want you to use like political correctness uh, or any type of other gestures or what you feel we want you to say. We want you to say what really aligns with your values and let's have the conversation and we welcome, you know, discourse in place. We acknowledge that not everybody thinks the same way. So that's kind of like the history overall of the podcast, but also um, this bougie hashtag <laughs> I am authentic project. For sure. And so... Why do you think it was important to create such a hashtag, especially after 
um, traveling to South Africa. So disclaimer, um, our office actually does a yearly trip to South Africa, um, to Cape Town and Johannesburg, I'm pretty sure, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to just discuss things in terms of apartheid and social justice in um, both the United States and how it correlates to the racial disparities that exist in South Africa. So why was it important to have this I Am Authentic conversation after this trip like what kind of triggered that on the trip what experience on the trip and as you used to work triggers huh <laughs> but uh, i'll say uh everything that you just said about the racial disparities uh apartheid whereas we didn't see apartheid in the united states we saw mm-hmm. different forms of it because apartheid was constructed and created by looking at places like the united states mm-hmm. uh you know what happened over in germany etc cetera, etc cetera. uh so it's to kind of have the conversation so that the past will not repeat itself, uh, you know, to be more vigilant about what is happening in our society and have these open dialogues and or conversations, but to also be yourself. We recognize and understand that code switching is a part of that, um, but how do we be ourselves and, you know, come into a space where I can express my opinions genuinely? For sure. So, and this question can go for everybody here as well. Um what what does authenticity mean to you? Um, how do you define it? And you know what 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 is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the word authenticity? For me, honesty comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Honesty within your character, being honest about how you feel, about how you see the world, about who you truly are as a person, and what you think about yourself or what you think about what's going on. Just being yourself without any facades is what comes to mind when I think about authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like adding on to that is also just like living in your truth. And I think a lot of the times a lot of people try to create this kind of like holistic sense when it comes to like who you are as a person. How do you identify yourself and how do you like navigate these spaces? And so kind of like going off of like Deja's point, it's kind of staying grounded in that mm-hmm. sense a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say that when I think of authenticity, I think of genuineness. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Just being able to understand yourself enough to know that you can be yourself and not have to apologize for it and not have to pretend to be anybody else because you're comfortable with you. And so um, just kind of doing that internal work and really figuring out, you know, who you are and, and being that person no matter what. But what happens when yourself is being a mess? <laughs> you know, I mean, what happens with that? I think that's also part of like the learning point with it too. Mm-hmm. Like we see a lot with like higher education, like social justice education. Like we've had a lot of conversations when it comes to, you know, the humility of it all because of the mm-hmm. fact that there's an ever growing like understanding of like the systems around us and understanding like cycles of socialization and all these other like, mm-hmm. you know, bigger things that happen in and outside of the classroom too. And how does it affect us on a daily basis? Yeah, I think growth becomes a, a big topic of conversation when it comes to authenticity and being yourself because, you know, it's, it's hard, especially when you recognize that you're a mess, when you recognize mm-hmm. that you're all over the place. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, I know that I'm a mess and I kind of need to get myself together. Right. But am I am I in the mental space? Am mm-hmm. I in the emotional space to be able to really pick myself up and be like, all right, there's some things that you have to change. Like that takes that takes so much willpower and accountability to really look at yourself and, and figure out what's wrong and what and what the things are that you want to fix. So. 
yeah, it's it's difficult to do, but I think the people who do do it see the reward in the end because it's like, you know, I did this work on myself because I knew that it was something that I didn't like. Yeah. I definitely agree, and I feel like, truly, I feel like authenticity is born within being a mess. Like, I feel like anyone can be honest about, oh, everything is going great. Like, I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing great. Like, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. But, like, it doesn't take any effort to really be honest and authentic about those kinds of things because it's easy mm-hmm. to admit that things are going great. But when things are not going so great, that's when you have to truly work to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what mm-hmm. makes it authentic is still being true. Like, what you said, mm-hmm. to your point about being true to yourself regardless of what's happening, regardless of whether people accept you or validate you as a person like but staying true to yourself regardless and so I really do think that the whole premise of being a mess and still staying true to yourself is authenticity right right and I I know that we're claiming this to be a very positive type of experience and Mm -hmm. talk about authenticity but what about those individuals that identify as nationalists right they're being their authentic self as well right Mm -hmm. Uh, so right now we're talking about it as a more so you know very enlightened Right. You know, liberalist type of uh, approach. Um, but what happens when those uh, values that we have uh, perhaps uh, are countered by someone that says, no, I believe that people should act this way. I do not mm-hmm. like folks within the LGBTQIA uh, community. Mm-hmm. They're being their authentic self, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess where is the line you know, mm-hmm. uh, drawn in a sense, or is there a line? Yeah. Because aren't mm-hmm. we asking people, aren't we welcoming them, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be their honest self, mm-hmm. um, you know, to have this conversation? Yeah, I think like with that, it's also like rudeness, just not like it doesn't correlate with authenticity because like you could still like, you know, um, I guess like identify with those certain characteristics and have those values. But if you're kind of on the notion of like indoctrinating someone and kind of just like forcing someone to believe this instead of having like open-mindedness in those conversations, and I feel like it is like that whole teetering thing where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, where does the respect come mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. and where does it lie? Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah. sorry, dude. No, I just jump right, right in there. Uh, but <laughs> but the same thing yeah. can be said about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know the indoctrination, uh, the teetering, et cetera, et cetera. It can be flipped uh, mm-hmm. on any type mm-hmm. of uh, purpose as well, too. But how, I guess, do we get to that centralized approach of understanding and hearing one another? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. I, because for me, authenticity is more so I'm not trying to change your mind. You know, I just want you to be your real self. Mm -hmm. Allow me to see who you are. I see you. Mm -hmm. And then we compromise on some of those areas. So it's not necessarily losing yourself nor, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of code switching into what someone else wants you to be. Mm -hmm. uh, But more so. How do I work with a person? But also, mm-hmm. as we start working together genuinely, maybe I'll start changing and reshaping the way I think mm-hmm. about how I look at, you know, tall, dark-skinned black men, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that walk down the street, et cetera, that I have been taught and trained differently and stuff. Uh, and I'll stop because I'm, I'm about to get on the soapbox <laughs> real quick. <laughs> but, but no, that, I mean, I guess that's my thought. I just wanted to bring that conversation yeah. up, too. No, I definitely agree. I feel like in terms of crappy people i was just about to cuss but i had to i had to catch myself i think in terms of crappy Crappy people people, (laughs) um it's really difficult to empathize with people um when i feel like a lot of the reason why um there's so much animosity in certain people being their true selves is because even though they're being their true selves they're not addressing the the foundations of on which they were built to really understand why they act the way that they act. Right. So when I think about like KKK members and skinheads and people like that, they're so attached to the things that they learned 
you know, through childhood and through life experience that it's difficult to remove mm-hmm. them from the person that they mm-hmm. think that they are mm-hmm. oh, instead of them being able to be more cognizant about the reasons why they are that the way that they are the way that they are um, so that they're open minded enough to change their mind mm-hmm. if they were to encounter someone mm-hmm. different. So I think it's like a, a thing of being set in your ways. And, mm-hmm. and it goes again back to growth. Like these, right. a lot of people who are trashed, right. <laughs> a lot of right. people who are trash are really set in their ways right. and they're not, they're not open minded about um, just a difference in perspective. So when you're authentic, you can be authentic and still be trash. Um, however, I think it's like, even if you're your authentic self, that doesn't mean that everybody has to like who you are. Right. You know, right. nobody nobody has to agree or or be. I'm not going to say agree because disagreeing with like somebody's right. identity is kind of problematic. Right. Right. But like, you know, I don't necessarily have to like you um, to know that this is truly who you are. Because mm-hmm. there's some people who are who see racists or whatever, and they're like. Well, I would rather them be racist to my face than to pretend to like me. Right. And you know what right. I mean? Right. Because it's like, right. I see you for yourself. Right. So, yeah, I definitely think it gets tricky there. But yeah. um, it's also a matter of like, if, if people don't want to deal with you because you're crappy, then maybe you should look at why you're so crappy. Right. <laughs> I also feel like that goes back to the question of like, how, how much of ourselves is authentic? Like how much mm. of ourselves is um, do or or not to socialization and what we learn about ourselves or who we're supposed to be or how we're supposed to view other people. Mm-hmm. And so I, that was going to be my follow-up question is how much of ourselves is our authentic selves without mm-hmm. thinking about the effects of society and the effects of stereotypes, things of that nature. Like who would we be without all of those things? Mm-hmm. And, and is that who they are authentically? Mm-hmm. But I think that, that that's a good, that's a very good point. Uh, you know, okay. I think, though, uh, when I think of it, it's almost authentic human nature. Mm-hmm. Like, we have compassion for one another. Uh, and so oftentimes we have moved away from that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think these systems, right, these governments, these different things have taught us how to think, education systems, mm-hmm. uh, and we have to now unlearn all of that mm-hmm. in some respect uh, in order to get back to where we are. But I think, uh, you know, humans overall, and I don't use that like folks are using humans nowadays right. to kind of dismiss the racist mm-hmm. claims. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I think uh, we have to get back to that notion of, you know, this is to care for one another, mm-hmm. uh, you know, despite any of your identities and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is the care that I have for you. But I agree. Uh, some people are are doing things we see that quite often on social media mm-hmm. uh you know how people kind of put on this facade mm-hmm. uh right. you know uh, mm-hmm. the diversity peers last night talked about this uh cancel culture uh mm-hmm. you know in a sense as well too uh mm-hmm. but i also think that that contributes to you know how authentic are we even on social media right, right. we are presuming we're allowing people to see just a little bit amount mm-hmm. of us and the good parts of us too mm-hmm. there are so many people and i see i'm going on a tangent again <laughs> uh, but there are so many people that are in these quote-unquote good relationships mm-hmm. on right. social media right and they post all these pictures and stuff mm-hmm. see y'all feeling that uh, <laughs> and, and then you know then you hear about the different levels of domestic violence yep. yeah. uh, you know a victim type of survivor stuff mm-hmm. uh, and also you know they're breaking up and getting divorces and stuff as well mm-hmm. too um, and I've seen that you know over time that what you see in front of you 
is given an illusion, and then people right. want to attain that, mm-hmm. but what they're right. trying to attain mm-hmm. may not be very realistic mm-hmm. and yeah. or authentic, right, right. in a mm-hmm. sense. So I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> but y'all get the point of view that yeah. I'm trying to give. For sure. And I think uh, to kind of readdress what you were saying, like who are you without all of these systems right. and without all of these these yeah. things in place that affect you? I, I tend to try to think of um, my inner child sometimes and what what like little Courtney would have wanted to do and like how she would have wanted to be like the other day I was laughing at myself because I was walking down the street and for the first time I had my headphones in in like a really long time and I used to listen to music all the time when I was walking down the street and so I was downtown and I had my music in and I was like like bopping down the street you know like kind of dancing a little bit down the street and I was singing I was lip syncing but I wasn't singing out loud because I didn't want to embarrass myself and I was I started laughing um, because this lady just kind of like she she looked at me once with this like weird face and then she like turned away and then she looked at me again like why why does she look so happy like why does she look so like like just in her element or whatever and I was like I've never I've never done that in adulthood I've never just like been myself in adulthood out in such a public space and it's so freeing it's so freeing to just do what you want but I was I was really thinking like when I was younger I used to love walking down the street like bopping to music and I don't do that anymore because I'm just so I'm so consumed by my thoughts all the time so I think that in in being authentic in in um you know, like trying to figure out who you are. It's going back to being a kid and and really thinking about as a kid when you thought the sky was the limit and you didn't, you weren't cognizant of all of these different things that were in place. Like before you knew you were black, before you knew that you were a woman, before you knew all of that stuff and you were just a kid and you were just existing however you wanted to exist. Like who, who does that, who, who did that person think you were going to be when you were, when you're, you're here now? Um, And that actually kind of leads me into my next question, which is um, how does your childhood experiences shape, um, you know, you trying to learn to be an authentic person. I think, like, for me growing up, like, I grew up, I'm from New York, and I remember, like, in my neighborhood, we grew up around, like, predominantly, like, it was a very big, like, Hispanic, Latinx population. Mm -hmm. And my dad, he worked at the community center just, like, about 10 or 15 minutes away from my house. And so when I went to middle school, it was right next door. And so every time I would, like, leave after school, we'd go to after school program, and he would always, like, supervise, like, the... Um, teenagers and like little kids and so there was this kind of notion of just like giving back as like one of the big themes of me growing up and I think like it definitely translated a lot to the work that I do now and you know the fact that we can have compassion towards one another and you know it doesn't necessarily have to be like from a checkbook or anything it's really just like what you're physically Mm -hmm. capable to do Mm -hmm. and I think like in terms of authenticity when it comes to that I think it's just like the fact that you know you don't really think about yourself First, you kind of think about like the whole like act of selflessness and how you're able to just contribute and what you're able to contribute without taking up space and, you know, not trying to put yourself on a pedestal, but raise others like at the same time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Deja, did you have anything? <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I think my childhood experiences really made me I never really question my confidence as a as a child mm-hmm. and I realize that's something that like I do a lot as I've gotten older and matured and I'm um, growing into adulthood I realize as a child I grew up in a very 
diverse neighborhood, mm-hmm. a very diverse neighborhood. And, and since it was so diverse, everyone was themselves. And everyone was very proud of their culture mm-hmm. and where they came from. Um, I know I had a friend, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what country in Africa she was from, mm-hmm. but um, she like immersed me in her culture. It was wonderful. I had a friend who was born, um, or not born, but her family was born in Puerto Rico and they moved here. And so they were very proud. And it was like, I was born and raised around all this culture and all these people who at a very young age were taught to be proud of who they were and where they came from and what their culture brought to the table. And so right. it was, I think for me, it taught me, okay, well, well be proud of you and mm-hmm. be proud of where you come from and be proud of mm-hmm. what you bring to the world. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it wasn't until I got older that the concept of being authentic really came into play and really changed for me. Mm-hmm. It really changed the way I thought about it. I definitely think it was more freeing when I was a child than it is now. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was, let me see. What framed me? Uh, you know, I grew up in the deep south, like in Alabama, which is it shaped a lot of my identities in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in my from my parents to my grandparents, they taught me about what blackness really is and how blackness can be very joyful, but also how it can be challenging as well, too, you know, in walking in the streets, uh, you know, as a black man. So that's just something that I've, as far as I remember, have always been aware of. Um, so, uh, and that's something, too. I grew up in the 80s, uh, so it was a different time frame. I mean, it was a different time frame in which there was an open celebration of a sense of mm. blackness as well, too, whether it was from hairstyles, um, and this was before things got very co-opted, you know, right. <laughs> by, you know, certain parts of society nowadays. Because uh, I can't just say white, I right. mean, because it's a whole, <laughs> other, whole other, other people of color, too, right. uh, that's doing some co-opting. But um, I really think I look back at the TV shows that were on, you know, during yeah. this time frame. There were TV shows that represented who I was. Uh, I mean, it's like two or three, but, mm-hmm. I mean, still there was something mm-hmm. um, that was in place, and they were very constructive and positive. Um, but also uh, there were movies. There were things that were more intentional. I mean, we didn't have the same type of elaborate education in black history that mm-hmm. it is today, but we still talked about stuff. I remember mm-hmm. PBS used to try to do some kind of supplement mm-hmm. uh, you know, of uh, the lack of education because, you know, that's when <laughs> that's when Roots used to come on all the time. Right. Uh, and then everybody be triggered and then didn't want to <laughs> go to a school or work the mm-hmm. next day and see a white person because, oh, mm-hmm. God, it was, it was about to be on. But um, that to say is that... Um, I think I learned how to, you know, be my true self, uh, you know, as far as race. Now, when we get into, like, you know, sexual orientation, that's a whole nother story uh, because that's where intersectionality comes into play. But uh, for first and foremost, with my race, uh, you know, I was always taught to be proud. I was always taught to get an education, uh, you know, to be the first person to do this in a family, et cetera, et cetera. So um, at a young age, my family allowed me to be authentic. Uh, and if I go into this notion of, you know, sexuality and, you know, coming out as gay, I think, I mean, my family, I believe, struggled in some respects with that, you know, from being in the South. Uh, but but they knew they always knew and they always, uh, you know, treated me with respect. So when I look back at it, uh, you know, I always made a decision why 
no, forget that. I mean, why? I don't need to come out in any type of way because I'm just going to continue to live, uh, you know, and act and behave uh, the same way I did when I was a child and stuff. Uh, and people respect that in some type of ways because I think when you respect yourself, and one of the things I was going to say with the other question uh, is, uh, to your question, Deja, actually, uh, is that I think vulnerability is very critical, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when being authentic. Uh, you know, in being yourself, you have to receive and take in what mm-hmm. other people may reject of yourself right. as well, too. Right. So you have to be ready for that stuff. And it is putting you on front street. And Courtney gave a good, um, you know, example, right? When she's walking down the street, she's happy as a tick, right? Mm-hmm. A tick on a dog. Uh, and, <laughs> and this lady's like looking at her strange and stuff. But you're happy. And so you have to take that stride with it and be vulnerable to people looking at you funny right. and laughing at you. You can't be like with the Joneses. I don't mm-hmm. even know who the Joneses are, but you can't be <laughs> with them. Uh, and you have to be yourself. You have to be really, really your authentic self. And I think sometimes we say these words, mm-hmm. whether, um, you know, in an adulthood, because when we were children, I think we didn't even have to say it. We right. were we our just authentic knew. self. Yeah. We just mm-hmm. did it. Yeah. We just did it. And then mm-hmm. people stopped us. And yep. they said, you do not do that. Yep. No, you don't yep. play with that doll right yep. there. But I'm like, I want to play house. And I'm mm-hmm. the, maybe I want to be the mommy today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know something? Mm-hmm. And you you can't do that because the innocence is then. I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. Authentic, uh, authenticity. Authenticity. Uh, I don't know why it's a tongue twister right now. But, uh, you know, it is about you know, that innocence, yeah. uh, you know, that people have. So yeah. I'll leave it to there because I know, you know, Court yeah. has some stuff that she needs to say. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, no, I definitely, uh, you know, I tell people all the time that my childhood was kind of kind of a lot. It was, it was taxing um, just because I was always different. I was always really different. I was always way bigger than everybody else um, in terms of height. For people who don't know me, I'm about six foot. Um, I was taller than everybody from the time I went to kindergarten until I got to like probably eighth grade. And even in ninth grade and moving forward, the boys were taller than me, but I was still one of the tallest girls at my school. Um, So it was like, I struggled with appearance a lot. Um, I struggled with just having friends I'm kind of a floater if people don't know that either like I don't have a set group of friends anywhere I go I kind of just get along with everybody Uh, so just kind of navigating loneliness as a kid Um, you know I've always been smart Uh, you know I've always been like a student focused kind of person so I've always had good grades and I've always been creative so it's you know it's been difficult. I've really had to work to be comfortable with myself because for so long people just really didn't know where to put me, where to place me. Cause it's like, she's just so different from everybody else. She doesn't really fit in one place or another. Um, so I would say definitely that, um, middle school, middle school and high school and coming into myself in high school was was the biggest thing that shaped my identity now because in middle school I was so worried about not having friends and not being with people and people not liking me when I just was being myself um and then I got to high school and I met my like my core group of friends in high school and I still talk to most of them um to this day like regularly um and even in in coming to Temple and and meeting people through the Black Student Union that um I served on the executive board for that for a couple of years and just being around like-minded people um it's hard to find that when you're a kid because um you know kids can be mean um kids can be mean but I also think that they were in the same position as me like really trying to figure out like who am I what am I doing you know is is 
the person that I present in myself as really the person that I want to be uh, because I don't know if, if the people who are here like me so it's 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 it was difficult um to be able to really like um connect back with that idea of like you know being your inner child because for so long I felt like my inner child was not something that was accepted um but just in maybe like the last year or so I've really been trying to shift my perspective about you know who the person is that I really wanted to be like if I was if I had the chance to have a conversation with my six-year-old self 12-year-old self and like 18-year-old self right now what would I say to each and every one of them um and so it's it's just taking the lessons that you learned in your childhood, um, whether that be from being accepted, not being accepted, um, you know, kind of finding your own path and forging your own path and understanding that that, that makes you who you are, but also not allowing that trauma to, to hinder you from being better in the future as well. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so... Would you guys say that there was any point in your life that you lacked authenticity? And can you kind of explain why that happened and how it made you feel? Just talk through the experience a little bit. We're we're getting deep here today. <laughs> um, I'll say that for me in high school, I really was like a Miss Patty Perfect. I think like... Um, you know, I got really great grades and I think like, um, to your point about, well, I guess I did have some kind of group of friends in high school. Maybe they weren't like the most reliable, but like Mm -hmm. they were there, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely did try to maintain this portrayal, like someone who always had it together. Um, someone like who was always in a great spirits when it came to like her relationship and, um, the way that she felt about herself Um, and about life in general, I just came off as this really like bubbly and cheerful person. And I think, um, that that ultimately was a facade. I think I was going through a lot in high school. I was going through, um, my own insecurities. I was going through trying to maneuver like this, like new and like foreign concept of like love and what Mm -hmm. that truly was. Like you're getting into that age where you're like, oh, I want a boyfriend or I want a girlfriend or I want to be in a relationship um and what that looks like in the whole idea of like having to be perfect and so mm-hmm. I think I was obsessed with the idea of perfection and I think that mm-hmm. ultimately came from my family and my mm-hmm. family always needing to be and needing to seem perfect when it came to everybody I mean mm-hmm. like they're that family that like pretends that everything is okay like you don't share family business like yeah. everything mm-hmm. stays within the circle like mm-hmm. we're good we're fine we don't need outside help Um, we don't ever tell anybody that we're down. When people Mm -hmm. ask you how you're doing, you always say, I'm fine. That's the kind of family that I, I, I came from. Mm -hmm. And so that really, I I think that really was hard on me and I had to come into my own identity. And so like today Mm -hmm. I'm completely different. Now today I I think I turned into the complete opposite is that maybe I'm too honest. I'm sometimes, (laughs) you know, where it's like, well, somebody asked me like, Oh, are you okay? I'll be like, no, like Mm -hmm. I'm not okay. But, mm-hmm. like, I will be, you know, mm-hmm. like, things will get better. And if people ask me, okay, like, what's wrong? I will share with them, like, what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that is unheard of, kind of, like, in my family. Right, right. And so I think that that really placed, like, so much weight on me to keep it together and keep it, like, to keep it inside, which kind of mm. goes into this concept of, like, mental health within the black community, which is a mm. whole nother conversation. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, you can't really share. I couldn't really share with my family because, 
I think they really ingrained into their brain this notion of everything is perfect, everything is okay, I have to be perfect, I have to be okay, and I can't talk about Mm -hmm. any negative feelings or, like, any pain or, like, any sorrow or depression. Those things cannot be discussed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, today I'm the opposite, but that still is, like, a huge issue within the black community that we need to address Mm -hmm. because it places so much heavier a burden on us than we actually need. Right. Definitely agree, and I think like also adding on to that, I think it's like within like cultures, mm-hmm. just like the fact that like there are so many like things that are happening when it comes to just navigating different systems and navigating all these spaces, and kind of if you are from an immigrant background and you're coming in, you don't really know what the systems are. Being mm-hmm. first generation, I think like for me, like throughout college, like especially going to a PWI and a predominantly white institution, I didn't know what that entailed. Like no one was gonna give me a how-to guide, Mm -hmm. especially coming from such a diverse like background. Mm -hmm. And so just like being in the classroom and also being like the only like Latina or being like the only Mm Afro-Latina. And so it's just like, how do I balance that? And then for me, like I think like at some points I lacked authenticity was that the fact that like I'm also very involved in school organizations and also very involved with different offices on campus. A lot of people look to me as like, okay, like she's a leader, like she knows what she's doing. And I think that added like a lot of pressure where I kind of created a facade of myself Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, I'm glad that I got like, you know, this acknowledgement, these accolades. However, kind of like Deja's point, there was still like a lot of things I was going through, but not really managing that well Mm -hmm. and being able to like vocalize my truth and saying like, well, I don't have it together and Mm -hmm. I'm on a learning process just as much as you are. Mm -hmm. And so how can we grow together and how we, how can we create community together in order to better it and also kind of break down those barriers associated with, you know, being a person of color, being a woman of color in these spaces, um, kind of, you know, dismantling sort of systems around us that have like, you know, ingrained this levels of oppression. Mm -hmm. How do we create those dynamic conversations and how do we hold each other accountable Mm -hmm. in a way that isn't like bashing one another or, you know, creating this like false pedestal or this false like idol ship in a way or idol like worshiping like type of thing um and i definitely see that when i'm talking to like other folks like at temple who are part of like other student organizations where they're like the go-to person that adds a lot of stress and also the mental health and you know being in distress or being in anxiety because of it and also following like symptoms of depression where it becomes so overbearing you know some days we just don't want to go to class and you know how do we create those spaces where we can have those authentic conversations Mm -hmm. I almost had a follow-up question to that, too. Um, do we make ourselves to go to people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> sometimes it's just a, a moment of being able to say no. No, yeah. you need to go I somewhere was, else. Oh, my gosh. And I, I mean, it's the art of pay, uh, playing no. And that's kind of like that whole minority, uh, you know, uh, it's the complex, uh, mm-hmm. you know, situations of minority identity, too, mm-hmm. and being marginalized and that we feel we need to yep. – be able to resolve and handle everything yeah. and we need to hold up to some type of standard but mm-hmm. we gotta be okay with saying i'm not the person for that yeah. or and i need to care about myself and too. let it live yeah you yeah, know i was definitely thinking that the whole mm-hmm. time like mm-hmm. the most times i find myself being inauthentic is when i can't tell people no yeah. and i really yeah. don't want to do what you're asking me to <laughs> yeah. do but i also don't want to tell you no so right. i just agree I to it right. yeah right. like i don't right. want to look like i don't have myself together mm-hmm. enough to be able to provide you with the help that you need mm-hmm. so it's like uh, I really don't want to do this but I'm gonna pull myself together to do it because I know that this person may need it um, but it's also like I'm not you you ever go somewhere like somebody asks you to go somewhere and you're like I really don't yeah. go 
and then I really don't want to go. And then and you're yeah. like, yes, right? But then it don't get canceled, and then you show up, and you're just like, oh my god, why am I here? I'm ready to go home. Everybody's talking to you like, you know. I think those those are the moments where I'm like, girl, you should have just told this person no. Like you should have just told this person that you didn't want to go because now you're here faking the funk with a bunch of people who are actually really excited to be here and really mm-hmm. want to be mm-hmm. here but you just mm-hmm. you just don't have it in you yeah. especially when you're in an empath i would say that i think of myself as an empath because um lots of places that have a lot of people dream me really fast mm-hmm. yeah. so it's like it's hard to agree to because sometimes you want to go to stuff and then you get there and you're just like this is way mm-hmm. more than i was expecting so it's just it's hard to be authentic all the time because there's sometimes where you really just don't want to be bothered but you also don't want to look like you're a bad person for not wanting to be bothered mm-hmm. so yeah i would I would say that's that's like the most difficult part about it for me. I think that's really interesting because I think that like for me it was more not being authentic with myself mm-hmm. than it was mm-hmm. not being authentic with other people because truth be told like I really don't have a problem with telling people no I can't mm-hmm. do this like mm-hmm. and I realized that like that's a problem with like um to your point a, a lot of minorities especially yeah. um the black women within on campus and women of color within within um, on campus o- always overexerting themselves, yep. always in 101 things in 101 directions, um, no time for themselves, absolutely exhausted, but still looking fabulous and still mm-hmm. they still keep going because there's this notion of I have to do better. I know I have to do twice as mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. in order to even be considered equal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think... Um, for me, it was more so overexerting myself for myself than it was for other people. Right. And so I think that I wasn't being authentic with myself about the fact that you can take your time. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do have to work twice as hard, but, you know, also maybe not. And take time yeah. for you. Take mm-hmm. time for you and prioritize yourself. So I think that, you know, it was me overexerting myself mm-hmm. for myself, mm-hmm. pushing myself harder than I needed to push myself rather mm-hmm. than letting others do it for me, mm-hmm. which still is, you know, an effective mm-hmm. society mm-hmm. on your identity and making you feel as though, you know, you are less than or something that you have to overcompensate for, like, who you are, just for being who you are. Right. So I think that we can kind of end the conversation off with this last question and we can just go around and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So um, is there any one piece of advice that you would leave for someone who struggles with being themselves, struggles with authenticity and just has a really hard time just being genuine and true to their person? I would say start off by you got to get to know yourself. Uh, you know, and you can do that through journaling, uh, you know, try to journal, do something that is to your own psyche, uh, you know, that is personal to yourself. Um, be honest with yourself uh, and care for yourself, too, um, and listen to that inner voice as well. Um, I think it really, really starts with self. If you don't like somebody, I mean, don't hang out with them. Right. Uh, you know, if you uh, have some type of understand your own biases, too. Uh, you know, it's a very important part. Uh, know what your limits are, you know, in place. But, you know, don't be afraid to love yourself, uh, you know, in some type of a way. I think uh, just even from the last question, um, I think sometimes the black community in the United States uh, and uh, some of the Afro-Latin uh, community, Latinx community, uh, in a sense, too, we, we've been set up 
you know, in this interesting failure of a system on the basis of authenticity because mm-hmm. uh, we have been taught, you know, to work harder, uh, you know, than others mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that stuff is just... It's just bread to mm-hmm. exhaust us, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to create stress. Uh, and then it tells us not to admit that stress uh, mm-hmm. or admit those mental issues that may be in place. Uh, and um, we, we talked about this like last time. I told you I would say it at some point. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I remember on Queen of Slim, mm-hmm. uh-huh, good movie, mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, how, uh, you know, Slim talked about, you know, uh, why do black people always have to be, you know, exceptional? Right. Uh, I, I'm mm-hmm. kind of paraphrasing it. Or great. I think he said, mm-hmm. why do they always have to be great? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, he was talking to Queen, right, which was an attorney, and she had to be great at every mm-hmm. single thing she has done. And it's interesting that she said that, and we're having this conversation because I look at her mannerisms, yep. um, you know, and how she perceived herself. She was very closed off, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to mm-hmm. feelings and or society, whereas he was very carefree. I would say that he was authentic in his own yep. feelings. But you have to know your feelings. Uh, and I always tell people this, and this is going to be a little passe here, but if you're a bitch, be a bitch. You know, mm-hmm. and, and be the best bitch ever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to say. But be honest with yourself. True. Don't be a bitch. And, I mean, like, don't. don't yeah, um, I could have said shitty earlier. Oh, 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 <laughs> I, guess, I guess we can. I, can oh, I, 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 know. I was about to say, we can I block it out. We can make it like a beep. beep. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, beep. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, but be your real and true authentic self, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to say the least. That is what attracts people to you because yeah. if you don't, if you don't find those reasons, if you don't do it through journaling, if you don't channel yourself, mm-hmm. it's going to be impactful to your relationship. Relationships, mm-hmm. uh, you know, down the line, whether romantic or not, mm-hmm. uh, or even to the children, you're going to mm-hmm. continue to pass on things mm-hmm. over and over. So that's just my little advice or a lot yeah. of advice, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I thank think you. Definitely. I think, like, adding on, it's funny because, like, one of my friends, she's a sophomore currently, and she literally asked me, like, straight face the other day, she was like, what advice would you give to me if you were your sophomore year self again? I was Mm. like, be patient with the progress that you're working with. Mm -hmm. And I think also the fact, adding on to your point, Courtney, that you have limitless imagination Mm -hmm. and no one can take that away other, like anyone else other than yourself. And I think like for me, like also going back to like social media, it's like really interesting how it goes like really like a big switch up when Mm -hmm. it comes to like, okay, I'm going to be like, all parts of myself and like expose every part of myself or not expose but like you know just like you know invite people in and like show them like who I am as a person Mm -hmm. and then there are times you could craft that as a way as like a visual storyteller and Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the direction that I'm taking because there's so many things in my memory bank from Mm -hmm. where I wish I could be that person that I needed for my younger self Mm -hmm. at the same time and how do I hone in on those things and I was talking um to somebody like within counseling like last week of like the whole notion of parenting your inner child and mm-hmm. how do you actually talk to your inner child right. sometimes I'm like little Demo mm-hmm. do you need to go to bed We're like yeah we do mm-hmm. <laughs> you know just little things like that and I think like we don't really get those moments as much and mm-hmm. you know I think also with the tragedies that are happening nowadays like we also realize that tomorrow's not guaranteed yeah. and so to also fulfill like every day like to the best of your capability mm-hmm. and to have the best day you can mm-hmm. as much as possible I think I would tell someone who was struggling with authenticity um, to remember the specific quote by, um, this sounds funny, but like I remember this quote by Dr. Seuss. (laughs) Um, The people who mind don't matter Mm. and the people who matter don't mind. Mm. And so I feel like, I really feel like, you know, life is too short. Mm-hmm. Life is way too short. Like tomorrow is not promised. And I feel yeah. like that that puts a damper on things. But I really think it puts things in perspective because you have this very short amount of time to live your life to the fullest. And how can you live your life to the fullest if you're not being yourself? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like 
this this whole thing is about you. It's about you. Like you come into the world with yourself and you leave the world with yourself. And so mm-hmm. it's like, how dare you live for anybody else but yourself? Mm-hmm. And so I say, enjoy your life. Do what you want to do because tomorrow is not promised. And, mm-hmm. you know, nothing is going to, if you walk down the street screaming, if you walk down the street dancing or singing to music, like it's mm-hmm. not going to kill you. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to die because of it. If anything, okay. like you feel more alive. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the more you do things that you're so afraid of doing that are so simple, like singing out loud on the right. street mm-hmm. or getting up and doing spoken word, like those are the things that mm-hmm. make you feel alive. Those are the things that give you a rush and give you purpose in life and so do those things Mm -hmm, do those things which you are afraid to do because that is truly living Mm -hmm. living for other people will never ever make you happy Mm -hmm. because there are so many different people who want different things of you who will expect different things of you and so the best thing that you can do and and the only thing that you can do to truly make yourself happy is to live for you and to get comfortable with doing that which comes to Rodney's point about first discovering who you are and what that looks like and what that feels like and truly getting comfortable in that, truly truly building a home in who you are mm-hmm. so that no matter where you are, no matter who you're around, no matter what you're feeling, you're at home because it's you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's, that's, what I, that's all I would say about it. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just say, and I'll keep mine pretty brief. Um, one thing that I've I've really been trying to do is shift my perspective on things and it's crazy I want to shout out my friend Rachelle uh, I met her in high school and we always thought she was a weirdo we did we always thought she was weird um, and I went to see her after a couple of years of not seeing her over this past Christmas break and um, we were talking about some stuff and I was like but what if it doesn't turn out like that what if what if things don't happen that way and she slapped her leg up on the table and she pulled up her her pant leg and showed me a tattoo that says, but what if it does? Wow. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay. So so this yeah. this is all about perspective. Like this is, re- everything is really about how you choose to look at what it is that you're dealing with. And so I've really been taking out the time to to feel my feelings and be like, all right, what if this doesn't happen? This is this is how I would react. But what if it does? You know, what if things go the, exactly the way that I want them to go? And I think just understanding and and starting with with doing the work for yourself definitely starts with changing your perspective on how you see things because obviously the perspective that you have is probably not working so it's like once you once you actually take the time to to retrain yourself how to think in a more positive way it's it's much easier for you to see that everything that you want to be is achievable so that would be my word of advice you know change your perspective open your mind up a little bit and things will start to change for you God. Yeah. Well, thank you, Demo <laughs> and Deja, yes, for dropping yes, in today yes, to talk yes. about this topic. Yes, this for having is having us. Yes. Yes. Um, so, if you guys are interested in hearing more, seeing more, doing more, um, the Idealistic Podcast comes out every Thursday um, at 6 p.m. So stay tuned. Next week, we will be talking about diversity, university, reality, or myth. It's going to get a little spicy in here yeah, next week. So spice. if you guys are interested in talking about 
Temple University and whether or not we're as diverse as we say we are, please tune in next week. It was great talking to you guys. This is Coats Magoat signing off. And this is New Pratt. And don't forget to follow us. I'm yes. at New Pratt on all social media. How about you, Coach uh, Magoat? Yeah, I'm also at, well, I'm at a couple different names. I'm oh. at Coats Magoat on Twitter <laughs> and I'm scandal, at, y'all. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm at court underscore thompson on instagram and you can follow us at temple Temple diversity on instagram all all the platforms um but yeah hit us up y'all and we love you and have a great day we're signing off now Bye. bye